wooden sash cord type, the kind that usually you'd find stuck tight with paint. Thank Christ, though, one side freed the catch, this one slid up nice and easy. I stuck my head out and took a deep breath, but it was no use. Normally old Uncle Huey eases up on you, giving you a couple of nudges so that you can be in the right place when finally he puts in an appearance. Not this time. The old familiar fist gripped my belly and squeezed as hard as it could, forcing up everything in there in a single violent shout and firing it onto the pavement fifteen feet below. Well, almost onto the pavement. Instead of a splash, there was a yell. Where the... are we, a dirty bastard? My eyes were still shut tight from the effort of my mighty book. I opened one of them fearfully and looked down into Ebenezer Street. The flat top of the traffic warden's cap and the shoulders of his tunic had caught most of it. But I was pleased to see, it's funny the details the mind registers in times of crisis, that some of Uncle Huey's output had landed on the page of his notebook on which the yellow peril was noting down the details of my out-of-date tax disc. I opened the other eye and looked at him pleading. Ah, oh, come on, man. It only expired last week. He stared up at me sending the mess on his hat cascading down the back of his heavy, porous uniform. Yellow Peril had never been a more fitting nickname. "'Where's the game, Jimmy?' He didn't have the wit to be astonished, only angry. "'Lamb, Rogan, Josh,' I muttered. "'From the takeaway in Caroline Street. Sorry.' I decided that I preferred the sight on the bed. Besides, the traffic warden probably smelled even worse than him. I pulled my head back into the room. As I did, I felt a current of cool air on my face and realised that I must have left the front door open. I walked out of the room and into the hall to close it. I almost felt offended when she didn't scream. I mean, isn't that what women are supposed to do when they step into their flat and find a six-foot stranger standing in the lobby, even if he is wearing a Savoy tailor's guild suit and holding a Motorola cell phone in his hand? When I got round to asking her, she really did offend me. You just look terrified, she said. I felt sorry for you. I could have handled it if she'd said that fear had struck her dumb, or even just plain surprise. I could even have lived with revulsion, but being told I was pitiful was as hurtful as a smart kick on the kneecap, and the effect lasted longer. In the there and then of it, she just stood and looked at me. Her big brown eyes, not startled, not even slightly wide, just questioning. She wore faded jeans, a crumpled T-shirt, and trainers with more than a few miles on the odometer. The bag slung over her shoulder looked bigger than she was. She let slip to the floor as she shut the door behind her. In her right hand, she held a bunch of keys big enough to choke a horse. Well, she said, and I could have sworn she was smiling. Are you him, then? I looked back at her, blankly, I think. Eh? Right at that moment, that was all the articulacy I could manage. The mystery man. Dawn's wee bit of illicit rough. The hair at the back of my neck prickled. This was like stepping into the middle of someone else's movie. I decided that I'd better get a grip on reality double quick. Look, I'm sorry. My name's Oz Blackstone. I'm a private inquiry agent. I work for lawyers, insurance companies and the like... I had an appointment to meet someone here this morning at ten o'clock. When I got here, the door was unlocked. 
I knocked, and it just swung open. I shouted, but there was no answer. I thought that was odd, so I stepped inside and took a look around. I pulled a card from the stash in the breast pocket of my jacket. Here. She looked at it. Oz, eh? You don't sound like an Australian. I scowled at her, always the same wise crack. I sighed and gave her the stock answer. I'm not. It's just that Osbert doesn't cut the mustard down Pilton way. She gave me an odd smile, with a touché look about it. I know what you mean. My name's Prim Phillips. It's short for Primavera. In English, that means springtime. I was conceived in May on a holiday in a tent in the Costa Brava, and my ma's a terrible romantic. I decided early on there was no bloody way I was going through life answering to Vera. Therefore, you and I are kindred spirits in the daft name state.